Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tokenet Podcast. I'm your host, Yasin, and I am joined by Nicole. Hi. Mars Girl. Hi there. Josh. Good to be here. And an invisible Tom, because why not? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Before we get into our topic today, which is Ultraman Rube, Nicole, will uh, you have some shout-outs to give for our patrons? I do. I want to thank Ryugin Urobuchi, CS Toys, Toku Lectables, and James Finley of Red Belt Comics, who's one of our newest sponsors. So thank you all for supporting us on Patreon. Anybody else that would like to get a shout-out on the podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the Tokunet. Thank you so much. So, let's talk about Ultraman Rube. Uh, beginning, well, from, you know, when it was announced, what did you guys think of this concept of having two Ultraman as, like, the stars of the show? I, I had a feeling, like, straight from the beginning that... I, I asked this question, okay, so when are they going to combine into one dude? Like, I knew straight <laughs> from the beginning yeah. that, that yeah. you're, you're eventually going to be one dude, right? It, now, it took a while. They got there. They did <laughs> they get got, there. Uh, I was excited about that concept, though, uh, because it was unique enough, different enough. Um, we're There's so many series where uh, Ultraman takes place inside, like, a science group. Um, and it hasn't always, especially recently, been that way. But this was another case where there's no extra science team division where all of this is taking place inside of. Uh, and it was nice to... See, oh, let's see how this works within the confines of a family. I thought that was really great to get to know this family. So that yeah. right from the start, I was like, oh, there's a, a the siblings, of course, but we get to see the relationship with a, a dad and a sister and the mom's out of the picture. But let's see how they grow together as a family without this person in their life. Uh, I thought it was a, a great, really kind of refreshing start. Yeah, I could definitely agree. I liked the idea of like them being brothers and working together, and I liked how different but similar at the same time that their ultra suits were. Like, I love the little cat ears and everything. I just, <laughs> I really loved like the first looks that we got at them. I was really excited to see like how the season was going to play out. Mm-hmm. I also really liked the designs of of both uh, Brossa and Blue. Like, I mm-hmm. really liked the designs of. The, the thing yeah. I really appreciated was, like, having a younger brother, like, that that's who it is to me. That aspect of it appealed to me from the get-go of, okay, let's see how well you capture the brother dynamic, because they can't mm. always get along. And you can't yeah. overplay that, because at the same time, they know they've got a job only they can do, and they got to be the ones to get it done. Uh, but... I'm happy to see that they were able to capture most of that, that because they're older brothers, you know, they're not teenagers, they're not, you know, in middle school or something like that. Because they're older, they're they're better able to communicate and get things across to each other like, hey, I disagree about this, I disagree about that, but at the end of the day, we still have to do the handshake and get it done. Yeah. yeah, I did like that too. Though it was clear that like one brother was supposed to be a little bit more immature than the other, but I still feel like the... The dynamic of, like, respecting each other, knowing how to communicate even when there's trouble between them was really good. Yeah, as as an older brother, I definitely was able to connect to Katsumi in a way mm-hmm. that I, you don't, I don't really see in other shows. 
because yeah, just his relationship with his younger brother and how he's like sort of the more like level headed one or the most you know the more realistic one. Or he's yeah. he's thinking about everything realistically, and you know Isami's the impulsive one who just wants to get out there and you know let's save lives, let's do this, um, without thinking of you know every possible outcome. That does really yeah. good anime. I like that too. I knew he was going to be my favorite too, Katsumi. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I was like, you are like the level-headed one. You're wearing red. I like red. <laughs> well, what I like about it too is when you look at it in the context of the whole series, it's like. He's the George Bailey of the show. Like, the younger brother has promise. He's got promise, but his younger brother's into science. He's into baseball, and he gives that up once the mom disappears. Because it's like, well, I gotta help out my family. I gotta I gotta take the hit. And so that yeah. really shows, from an early age, that he's got the will to put everything aside to protect his family unit. Right. Right. So, yeah, we we're, we the show is set in Ayaka City. Um, we follow two brothers, uh, Katsumi and Isami Minato, and they, I mean, we have their father and their younger sister, Asahi, and their father runs this shop where he just sells t-shirts that are just all, like, the most corny dad joke uh, <laughs> shirts ever, which I kind of want some of them. Mm-hmm. I would buy them. I really would. That's yeah. A spaced out for shirt, for sure. Yeah. The spaced out <laughs> one's amazing. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, the, the city is a very, you know, technologically advanced city and it gets attacked by a monster. And, you know, as most Ultraman shows happen, you know, the two brothers go out and they're in sort of stuck in the middle of this whole attack. Um, they get engulfed in this flame and then they get sort of transported to this other, I wouldn't say dimension or whatever, but they get approached by, they, they're both floating. They see the two gyro, the two gyros. And the Rube Crystals, and they're, you know, given this, you know, incredible power, and they become the two Ultraman, Ultraman Rosso and Ultraman Blue. And what I like about the first batch of episodes is that you see them, as we said, you know, struggle with these powers and their relationship. Because, you know, Isami, he wants to go out and he wants to just, you know, why aren't we just going out there to fight? And Katsumi is more like, well, we don't want to destroy the city while we're doing it. We don't want to hurt people. we got to think about these things. I thought that was really kind of unique because I feel like that topic wasn't like it's not really touched on even in more recent Ultraman. Like I can't think of like Jeed being worried about physically destroying a city once he realizes how huge he was. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was touched on in Jeed or even Orb. So I thought that was really interesting, X-Eater. and I did like like the f- yeah like I the first couple episodes I remember them interacting with the environment a lot. I loved like, them I think... like lifting up cars and uh, picking yeah. up trees and swinging yeah. trees at monsters. Yeah. And... See, I I I, I got to look at it that way because you know of course you know the comparisons always come back to you know for a lot of kids over there in Japan this is this might be their first introduction to Ultraman so you want to put it in a in a context where they can understand it and I like that. Compared to other series, they don't automatically know what to do. Like, they're stumbling mm-hmm. over each other. They're bumping into things. They're like, oh, snap, I didn't mean to hit you. I'm, I'm trying to hit this guy. And it takes them a while to develop a fighting style. But it's mm-hmm. done comedically, but still making fun of the fact that they're scaled to everything around them. The trees and the cars and whatever. It makes sense. Well, yeah, it yeah, also... That yeah. attention it's to super, detail is nice. Super realistic in... Um, like, imagine you just became this really giant person. You would be going, 
I don't understand how this works. How do I get control of how this works? And um, what what would I do? Would I just be doing, like, beams from my arms? Or would I be actually checking my surroundings, picking stuff up, moving it, uh, hitting yeah. stuff, hitting, hitting monsters with stuff in the environment, stuff like that? I think that's way more realistic than just getting out there and you already know everything and you're fighting with all this knowledge that you didn't know you have. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like this show handled both of those cases really well. We've seen bits of it in recent history. Like, I think uh, X, you had this moment when he first transforms and he doesn't know even how to stand almost. Like, he kind of just freaks out because he's so high up in the air and he starts oh, holding yeah. onto buildings to keep his balance. <laughs> that was um, hilarious. And I think, I don't know if it's happened bef- since then, but I remember Ultraman Mebius where he's fighting for a few episodes and then someone's like, you destroyed the whole city. Like, you were dodging and dodging all these attacks, but half of the city is, like, burnt up now. And this is all your fault. Um, so I, I do like that <clears throat> we got to see a little bit of that, both aspects in this show, and how the, our heroes tackle that. Well, the great thing about that is, you know, I guess right before the halfway point, when Aizen is challenging them on that of, you know, his idea of what an Ultraman should be, he uses mm-hmm. that, he uses public opinion against them to get them to doubt themselves and yeah i don't know that i've loved a villain as much as i loved aizen <laughs> in this yes. show let's 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 get into aizen because he gets introduced pretty soon into the story as well yeah, aizen is the ceo of aizen tech which is the company that helped you know push ayaka city into this like technological boom and he's like loved by everybody and he is a very boisterous uh, character who loves the, the spotlight, loves to be on camera, and he's always performing for the camera. And I I love Aizen. Like, he's like one of my favorite characters. In the, in I really the feel like uh, drifting away from Aizen was a big mistake, honestly. That's what I want. Yeah, I would. Mm-hmm. We, we definitely need to get into that because, yeah, at first he's just seen as, you know, the CEO, but then you kind of see that he's got a little bit more going on. Then you see that he's actually the one who is you know, summoning these monsters to attack and you don't really know why at first. Then he, all of a sudden you see that, oh, he's, he actually has the orb. Uh, is it the actual, it's not the actual orb ring. It's like, no, it's a copy. A miniature. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a smaller version of it that he just presses the button and becomes, oh man, where's that name? Ultraman orb dark. Yeah. Dark. Yeah. Oh, all Ultraman the, the... orb, dark noir Schwartz. Ultraman Orb, Dark Noir, Black Schwartz. Oh, yes. (laughs) And he wants people to say that every time they refer to him. And it Mm -hmm. felt like uh, everything about him was like, almost as if he was directly talking to the Ultraman fandom in general. Like, I want things to be this way for Ultraman to always work this particular way. And if you're not doing it like this, then you're being Ultraman wrong. See, that's <laughs> why he is a fantastic villain. Cause he's almost like the persona of those really crappy, you know, maybe older Ultraman fans that right. think like the new generation is crap because they don't do, you know, what the old generation did. Like I- I've seen people act that way and I'm like, Ultraman is Ultraman. It's still good. It's still no matter good. what year it is, you know. 
So it's like, it kind of, he personified that. And I thought it was the most meta stuff ever. It was, it was amazing. So funny. And so, yeah, I think it was a real mistake when they decided, um, because to, to kind of elaborate upon him, um, he's possessed by a space alien. And um, that's why his personality. Chereza. Yeah, that's why this personality is the way it, it is. Because um, he wasn't some uh, big company CEO for starters. He was what a construction worker. He was just a dude. Like he was just just his some guy. father had the company. His father had the company. His father's right. company. Yep. Then once he got uh, uh, possessed by the alien, then he kind of worked with uh, Mio Minato, who was the brothers, the siblings' mother, and they built up the company to be Eisentech. So, like, once we're, like, halfway through the series, then this alien leaves him, and he just goes back to his normal self, and he leaves the company. And I just felt like, well, this was a huge mistake, because we were starting to see, like, a turnaround in his character. We were starting to see that he was was doing bad stuff, but not for the total wrong reason and i felt like he he really could have like, had this great character growth and they did not pursue that Yeah, because what i thought they were gonna do was something like a redemption arc for him of okay i've got my perception of what an ultraman is we've got these two young characters who are learning about what an ultraman is for themselves and then we'll meet somewhere in the middle and we'll both agree on what it means to be ultraman and then we never got there right like at first he was almost watching the uh two ultraman fight Almost like a sport. He's like, no, you shouldn't be doing this. Like, go this way instead of that way. Do this attack instead of that attack. Like, he felt like he was almost coaching them for a while. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, he's just like, you know what? I'm going to just do it my, myself. And he transformed into Orb Dark. Which, by the way, I wish there was more of a connection between, like, why he was Orb. Yeah. Like, what was his real obsession with it they never explained it they never explain and maybe it's because like maybe it's some meta stuff like i i have heard older ultraman fans did like orb for whatever reason you know they have their preferences mm-hmm. so i'm like maybe it's still personifying that like people latching on to orb but still thinking other shows are crap or i don't know well because there's, there's that one point where they mention that the the alien chereza idolized orb like somehow was able to watch Orb battle and then he wanted to emulate that so once he gets to earth that's what's that's what's motivating him mm. i remember uh george saying something about he i think he saw it in a magazine or something that the character that re- basically replaces eisen which is uh mitsurugi that she may have been from orb's old planet oh well, yeah on the for whatever that's worth, on the wiki, it mentions that uh, Rosso, Blue, and Grigio are from Orb's planet, from O15. Huh. So that would explain something, if uh, Chereza is from there as well. It seems like yeah. kind of a stretch, and not well enough <laughs> elaborated upon, but alright, I'm going to accept that as fact. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, we'll just go from there. Am I misremembering that either... Around the first episode or before the first episode, we see a glimpse of someone that looks like Orb or Kurenai. No, people thought they saw Kurenai, but it, it, it wasn't that. It, it wasn't him. Didn't Aizen put on the coat and stuff at one point? I want to say he was did. Was that a reference? Was it? That sounds That he put plausible. on Guy's coat because yeah, yeah. he wanted to emulate yeah. Guy. 
Yeah, because they had it hanging up on the shop early on in the episode, and he bought it immediately. But right, I, that's right, right. Yeah, that that's did right. happen. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did end up putting on the coat and the hat at some point, so... There's so many weird connections to Orb that are not explained in the show. I know, right? I mean, don't get me wrong, I love it, because Orb is great, but... I would just love that this was, like, you know, almost like somehow a successor or something to Orb. That would have been really cool. Mm, that would be. But then you see in this movie coming up, uh, what is it, in a month or so, that mm-hmm. he's going to be teaming up with Jeed, which makes sense because it was the one that came before him, but you yeah. would think with all the Orb references, we would get, you know, both Jeed and Orb. But that's not the case. Yeah, I, I just wish that they had expanded on, you know, Orb's involvement. And I do love Orb, so I would have loved to see uh, Kuro and I come back. Yeah, I mean, they threw so many references everywhere, you know, from the coat hanging up to Aizen playing the harmonica tune and stuff yes. like that. I was like, all right, come on. And see, that that's the thing that I, I, I like a lot of things about Orb. You know, I liked the progression of the brothers learning about their powers. I liked the reveal of who exactly Aizen is, that he's not exactly who we think he is. You know, the mystery of the dad figuring out, huh, why are my sons always running off? And it's building up and building up and building up. And then you introduce Saki, and then I felt like it really came to a halt because they spent a lot of time building the mystery around Saki. And then once you got to about episode twenty twenty one, they had to rush all these explanations about who she was because they spent too much time making her mysterious. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally get that. It was there was a a good stretch of episodes where I was just like, okay, a lot of times they're either intentionally avoiding explaining something or they're just throwing it at you like randomly without any like pro- like without being provoked like just information just comes at you and you're just kind of okay why why is that a thing mm-hmm. so it, it felt like they were just kind of rushing to get this you know character to be a part like more woven into this story it does feel like um this series is so good for like the first half of it you know, mm-hmm. um, and then by the second half, you can tell there's so much they want to do, but they just took way too long trying to get there. And in some cases, it means that certain elements did not get told and did not get explained. Um, and that's really unfortunate because it started off really strong. Yeah, um, and I actually think it kind of ended pretty strong. because I actually liked everything that happens after uh, their mother comes back. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I like how they wrap that up. Yeah. I thought that was really good. It's just, it's just that part where they're like the transition from Aizen to uh, Saki and just them trying to, you know, show this relationship between Saki and Asahi and having her immediately become, you know, the president of Aizen Tech and using that for some reason, but you didn't know for a while until you figure out, oh, she's trying to uh, destroy the world. Because when you analyze Saki's plan, it doesn't... I I hate having to phrase it like this. Saki's plan only makes sense if you think about it from a completely emo standpoint. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing about it is she looks the part. Because comparing Aizen to Saki, it's like Aizen, yeah, it's a really goofy caricature of of a villain. But the actor absolutely jumped in and ate up the scenery and totally made you buy into, no, this is who I am. Like, you're not seeing a performance. That's who that guy is. And then once yeah. you get to Saki, it's like, well, who who is this weird 
quiet mystery girl with with the fake contacts like what what is this like i I didn't buy her as a villain and and really she's not yeah they tried a little too hard especially in the middle i did feel like she got a lot better by the ending at least how her character arc went but they were trying way too hard are we getting her name right this like mystery saki mitsurugi okay yeah yeah it felt like a lot of things were happening just happening around her and she was just kind of existing for a while mm-hmm. and that really bugged me especially when they made the switch and just immediately tried to make her the the main bad guy and it just felt like it wasn't earned like it just she came out of nowhere yeah. right earned. i agree yes absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. but yeah we just we learned about eisen from day one and weeks went with him like it would have been great to have him still be a part of the story even if you know he we had to you know destroy Teresa or whatever See, I would have thought that even if they took Aizen out completely, but if they explained Surugi, like, all of the things that, you you know, you see later on in the show that she has been through and why she's doing what she's doing, if they explained that just, like, a little bit earlier and dropped that yeah. mysterious act, mm-hmm. I feel like I would have been okay with it. Because mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. a character, I do really like her by the end of the show. I really like her. I cried a lot over her watching that show. But they just started her out so poorly, and it just took forever to get to the point with her character arc. Well, yeah, because it feels like they they probably could have saved a lot of time if they had just, you know, like you just suggested, maybe three even four episodes earlier, maybe even when you introduced her, just wait an episode and then tell her, okay, this is what's up. She's the sister of the original Ultraman. This is why she feels compelled to do the thing she's doing. And then have them work with that. But no, it's like, no, I'm going to quote a bunch of old authors. The flashbacks really weren't enough, all things considered. Um, Yes. It just did not do enough. Um, I didn't necessarily feel like Tsuru got in the, the relationship nearly as well um the friendship with what's her sister's asahi. name asahi um i i've i know that asahi really believed in it but i don't know i felt like we needed more more time or well, something to talk about that because we haven't really mentioned her a lot here it's like okay we're focusing on the dynamic between the brothers and them going up against aizen and then you replace aizen with mitsu Mitsurugi, and then in the middle of all this, you decide to go ahead and enter another plot point of, hey, is your <laughs> sister real? Oh my god, I yeah. was so confused for most of the show until they finally, you know, made that conclusion at the end. But I was like, what the hell is going on? And that's, I think, one of the problems of the show is that they have good mysteries. They just are bad at sort of leading the us to through. the mysteries. Right, because I do feel like they do kind of talk about for only a second, hey, is she real or not? And then they decide, you know what, let's just not talk about it. We love her. (laughs) And and that's fine. (laughs) That's fine that they continue to love her, but I just feel like, no, we're not talking about it. And then they suddenly rush the very last episode. Um, Mm -hmm. She was a thing this whole time. She was a crystal. She was a crystal this whole time. And one thing that I didn't notice until George pointed out was that we don't get introduced to Asahi until episode two, which is right. after they transform into Orb. I mean, oh Arub. my god, you're right. Yeah, so she kind of just pops up in episode two. Oh my two. god, yeah. my brain just exploded. <laughs> I thought she was in episode one, but you're right. 
Yeah, because she's only in the opening, I guess. Yeah, they show her in the opening, so you just assume, oh, that's just a character we haven't met yet, which happens in Tokusatsu a lot, you know? We don't get to meet everybody in episode one, so for me, I didn't really think anything about it that we didn't see her in episode one, but it it takes that last episode to point out, hey, there's a reason she doesn't show up until episode two is because she didn't exist before episode two. Yeah. Which is really cool. It's just, I just, yeah, they're they're not good at the show wasn't good at setting up these things and it kind of just throws in these like questions. Like all of a sudden Ushio, who is their father is looking at a picture and just like, wait, who are you? (laughs) That is such such a soul question question to be asked by your father. Like, who are you? I know. Like I could understand why Asahi was so upset by that. And there was the whole focus episode on her being upset by that. Because he just bluntly says, like, who are you? Which I totally thought, I thought that was a great place to go with it, mind you. Um, I thought it was absolutely appropriate for her to get upset. And then that's why I am upset that they're just like, you know what? Never mind. I shouldn't have said that at all. Let's just not talk about it. And then they don't. (laughs) So, yeah. So we're just not going to address this. And then they, you know... She gets to stay with them at the end. That's good. Um, but I just oh, they should have talked about it. Well, because that that's the thing I don't get is like, like we were talking about this because we I just finished it not too long ago, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, you think they would have thought about it a lot sooner? Of where is all this missing information for the sister we didn't have until a few days ago, a few hours ago, however you want to look at it. How'd she get enrolled in school? Yeah, exactly. Because she's going to school because she's wearing school uniforms unless she just does that because she enjoys (laughs) it. Ultra magic. I ain't got to explain anything. But yeah, it doesn't explain how their memories of her from when they were young still there. Like, did she, I guess she planted them in her, in their heads? I don't But know. see, we're having to make those guesses ourselves, <laughs> exactly. cause because the series doesn't tell us, tell us that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love her. Like, she is actually oh, a she's very adorable. good character. Yeah. And she put good balance between the two brothers and the whole cast and everything. But I'm like, that, that twist ending, while it was still pretty good mm-hmm. in my mind, I was like, I'm... A little confused, but I guess I will just take what I got. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Because it's like, I was under the impression for a while, like, okay, the mom's missing, and you're starting to question, well, how did the sister get here? Okay, maybe she's like a clone or something, or she's a projection of some kind. Or came from another dimension where they have a sister. Like, that question gets brought up, and then they, they don't yeah. actually And then the it ending out. tells you, you know what? It might have been all of those things, but we're not going to specify. <laughs> you pick. Yeah, like the mother comes back and the media's like, well, you probably have questions about why you exist. Either either your father cheated on you, which that's not really going to happen, or you're from another dimension, or you're the daughter that I wanted to have and there's a mirror version of you somewhere else. It's like, okay. <laughs> That scene was so casual, too. The yeah. mother was so casual about it. She never it. says which one it is. It, she says, it could be these things, which basically makes me feel like that was the writer saying, well, we're going to throw these out there, and whichever one the audience responds to, we'll go with that. <laughs> but it turned out right. it was like all and none of them at the same yeah. time, so the writers did not respond to any of it. They're just like, <laughs> a crystal. She was a crystal. Um, I did feel like... 
Um, even though Sudu, I felt uh, I am I'm switching over to Sudu for a second. Well, yeah, because she calls her Sudu Chan. Yeah, meets Sudu Chan. When when you know Sudu's there in the last couple of episodes, and she's about to go away. Uh huh. Get quote unquote go away. Yes. For a while, like forever. Um, their their scene together is pretty freaking moving. Uh, yeah. I thought at it the end, gone. yeah. Right at the end, their scene together is very moving, and I just felt like, oh, if it Sudu was a better character, um, yeah. I felt like this could have been such a winning scene because it was very well done. It's a very yeah. well done scene. I feel like it could have delivered so much more if Sudu was better character. Yeah, I mean, like, I cried either way. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is so sad. Uh. But I can totally agree. I feel like it would have had even more of an impact if they fleshed her out just a little bit more. Yeah. Well, because I know a lot of fans were kind of reading into the series thinking like, well, what if the relationship between Mitsurugi and... Asahi is more romantic in nature, which I would have actually bought. More. I can almost see it, quite frankly. Yeah. Because Asahi saying, Well, you're my best friend, is like, based on what? Because, yeah, you keep calling her and you keep trying to get her to eat your candy, but she's not giving you anything back. Mm -hmm. So if they had developed that a little bit more and given us a reason for it to be like, okay, this is why I feel like you're my friend. I, I feel it would have been more understandable if they had uh, presented it to the audience as, well, she's my first crush, and that's why Ooh. I feel so attached to her. Like, I think that would have been a better explanation. All right, come on, Mr. Subaraya, let's make this happen. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like, to me, that, that seemed like it, to me, the way they were playing it between the two actresses, that seemed more natural than saying they were friends because I didn't buy the friendship. Or rather, I only bought the friendship on Asahi's part. Yeah, I agree. It was a one-sided friendship. Though, it, you know, I think Sudutan did care, kind of, or at least in her own weird, edgy, emo way, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. it, she, you know, she would save her a couple times. Yeah, she saved her like three, like four times. Yeah, and it's like, okay, so she cares, but like, this is still such a one-sided friendship. It was so weird. Right, she, like, keeps ignoring all of her text messages or line messages or whatever app it is they're using. But, like, um, you think about it, like, she's ignoring her, but at some point she got a recording of Asahi's voice to be put on her phone that every time she texts her, you get that, <laughs> I thought that was so freaking cute. It God was damn it. cute. It's cute, but then you have to think about it for a second, like, wait, how'd you get that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is true. But she's also the president of a huge tech company, so she probably found So she stalked her. Okay, know. got it. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, though if I got those many texts, I'd probably start ignoring too. That's a lot of texts. <laughs> For so, real? I mean, really, if oh we're to be honest, Asahi didn't seem to have other friends. You well, know? there was well, there one were like episode. Two. There were like two other friends, and then they went Oh, away. yeah, they were. Because you yeah. remember, they, they she talks to her two friends talking about the Ultraman, but then you got to think about that in context of, wait a minute, so if she only exists since the first fight, how did she get those friends? Because affecting, you know, the Minato family, that's one thing, but then how do you explain her having friends? 
Is she like Akane from Gridman? Like, is she yeah. just suddenly god of the universe? Spoiler alert. But she's alert. not, though. Like, if they had <laughs> yeah. tied it back like she was a piece of the mom and a piece of Mitsurugi, then I would have bought that. Because then that would have mm-hmm. been an explanation. But I, I really want to say that they wanted to write her just as the straight-up sister. They just didn't want to write her in episode one. And then somewhere along the way, they decided, you know what? We're changing that. Because it, it felt so random to include that. But not having her in episode one is feels deliberate. It could towards be. That, towards it, that reveal. It very well could be. Uh, it does feel like they had an intention from the start, uh, but then they didn't know by the end of it exactly how they were going to execute yeah. it. Yeah. Like, does everybody around her in, like, a 30-meter radius, like, automatically has memories of her? Like... Is that her crystal oh, power? Yeah. I don't know. That's the thing. It could have been her crystal power. Mm, I yeah, no I guess so. Now, for what it's worth, I do appreciate that in this this movie that they've got coming up, that she gets to be an ultra woman. I appreciate that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, if, you gotta start somewhere. Asahi wasn't my favorite leading lady in an ultra series, but still, the fact that she gets to have that power is is an improvement. I'm really interested to know, like, how and why. And I have all the questions on how the hell she becomes an Ultraman if she's a crystal. I don't understand. It's yeah. going to be like, what's her name from Forza? Where she just kind of copies everybody and becomes oh, yeah. an Ultraman. Well, yeah, because yep. she's not exactly human, so she can do it herself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so You're she'll right. just be like okay. Nadeshko. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's the name. Was, also, how different would that be from, you know, our, our main villain is, uh, at the end, is Lugosite? Lugosite, yeah. At, yeah, that's the pronunciation. So, um, and you remember, like, two, three episodes away from the end, it kind of activates itself inside the gyro. Yeah. So she, like, what if she just poofs back into a crystal, and then she puts herself into the stupid gyro, and then pull, 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 and then she's, <laughs> and she's a thing. I'm not too big on Ultraman transformation devices, you know, just an aesthetic thing, but I actually really like the, the, the toyeticness of the gyro specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it reminded me of, like, the... What is it? The Autobot Matrix of Power. You know, like you're pulling out of Optimus Prime's chest. That's what oh it looks like to me. I remember when it when we first saw it, it, it reminded me of the 2017 Power Rangers Morpher. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> that never got used. Yeah. The, the one that never got used. Yeah. Oh, but, oh my god. But it's like, watch, watching it in action in the show made me really like it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to get it just because I, I, I really like the aesthetic of it and the whole action of like pulling on it to activate the crystal it's like a bop it but for ultraman (laughs) (laughs) pull it pull it pull it pull it (laughs) the the only thing that i thought was weird though was when they get to finally transform into rube then you know the two of them combined i I thought it was weird that it's only katsumi holding the the gyro yeah i I thought it would make more sense to hold how of both of them holding one side of it to show oh. it's a union, but it's like no, yeah. the this goes to the older brother. The older brother's got to pull it. Did did Isama ever lead the transformation? Not for, no. for that not one? for Rude. No, 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 no that right? didn't happen. Nope. Not until the last episode. It's not even for that. It's when they're using the the Rube Halo. That's the only time they're both holding the Halo. Oh. 
but otherwise they never transform holding the same thing. Yeah, it did. It did seem weird. Like, cause, I mean, every like up until then, you know, we always got a split screen, and you know, you see them doing the same action, and then you get there, and Asam is just in the background, just you know, yelling into the void, <laughs> the same thing. Yeah, he is. It just, it's like kind of an awkward thing. It was like, well, I guess I'm here, and I'm, I'm, I'm I got your back, I guess. <laughs> I got your back. I'm here. Yeah, I, I agree. They should they should have both been pulling the the gyro. Simultaneously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a little weird. He just stood back there. The best thing to show about the brothers at the end is show them sharing their toys. <laughs> oh, missed opportunity. Uh, but it's realistic because the older brother usually gets a toy. <laughs> uh, I guess Amen that would be that. true. I'm going to make that assumption because I'm an only child, but... Well, as, as an older brother, you do yep. have to share at a certain point. And that would have been great specifically if they had timed that out with uh, Mio showing back up. Now, that that's the thing I actually hated, because Mio's only there for, like, what, three episodes? Four episodes at best? And I actually really liked her. She was great. Their mother was so, like, I loved her eccentric personality, but how smart she was. I, I was wish like, we saw more of her. I really wish yeah. we'd seen more. Like, being trapped in another dimension did wonders for her complexion. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what yeah. you need? I was confused for I was like, wait, did time stop for her while she was like Well that that's how I took it is you know, she got trapped in that vortex for like ten years so she could see everything but she didn't age. Yeah. Yeah, dad gets a nice young wife for the rest of his life. <sighs> oh god. But he doesn't remark that. He doesn't say he doesn't say anything about wow, you look exactly the same as you did ten years ago. That's true, but at the same time, like um, I realize this is thinking in meta terms, but if we're talking about, like, the actress, she's, like, 38. She's 38, so yeah. So if, if she did age, then, and she's been there for 10 years, then she would have been in there when she was 28, and then when did she have <laughs> the, the the boys? Because, I don't know. Didn't she go in pretty young? Wasn't she, or weren't the the boys pretty young anyways when she Yeah, because they had already taken that photo that you see them referring back to at the park. Yeah. So she had had both of them already. Yeah, and I want to say they were maybe like, okay, I'm really bad at guessing children age, of course, (laughs) but like, maybe like six, seven, eight, like around, like elementary school, definitely. Well, because they say- When she got into that void. The only thing that they ever confirm is that Isami is 19. They never say how old Katsumi is. Uh, mm. So if we assume that it's been 10 years since that day, then Isami was 9 when she disappeared. Which means the photo was taken way before that. Yeah. But uh, you, okay. you can still kind of fudge that together and be like, okay, that kind of... Which would mean that she had them at, like, the age of 17? Oh, God. Wait. I mean, if they're a year apart or something, then maybe. I don't know. Like, she would have been a really young mom, is what I'm saying, if time did keep moving in that other dimension that she but was But the thing is, in. we're basing it off the actress's age. They never tell us how old Mio is. That That is absolutely That's true. true. That's, That's absolutely true. true. She I'm just saying, just be, she looks great for 30. I didn't... She could be just a really <laughs> young-looking woman in her 40s or 50s. I like, I thought, I I thought she was in her 20s, because I remember you told me I know, right? to do the write-up on when she got cast, and I'm like... Oh wow, she uh, she looks great. How old is she? What? How is that even possible? 
Skincare routine. I'm Indeed. telling you. Skincare routines in Ultraman series. That needs to be another podcast. Hey, <laughs> I got you. I got you. If you need to run that podcast, I got you. That sounds amazing, actually. <laughs> how I to know, get right? Your, how to get your skin shimmering like silver. <laughs> hey, there's Ultraman, like, face masks. Are you kidding? There's one for, like, Ultra 7 and Dada and stuff like that. Oh, my God. They're Time really to nice. do face mask reviews on the channel. <laughs> Somebody's gonna watch That's it. my jam. That's my jam. I will do that. Tutorials and stuff as well. Just put oh that on the God. YouTube channel. I got you. <laughs> In any case. <laughs> but yeah, now we're getting off topic. No, but um, I, I think once you finally got to see them all together as a family, out of all of them, the dad is the one who reacted the most normal. Because if it was me, and I haven't seen my mom in 10 years... I'm not going to just let her run around and do all this sciencey stuff. I'm going to run up to her and be like, where were you? Or like, hug the hell out of her. Be some kind of upset. And emotional. Yeah. You know? yeah. The dad, he's the only one who's like, oh my god, I haven't seen you in so long. Let me hold you. Oh, you're going to go take a bath. Let me join you. Like, that makes sense. If that was my <laughs> wife, I would want to make up for lost time. But nobody else seemed to react the same way. Yeah, I don't know. I, th I feel like he was the only one... Well, he was the most connected to her, like, as far as, like, he always talked to her picture, and he always kind of felt like she was there. Which I really loved about his character. Like, you could, even when she wasn't there for the bulk of the series, like, you could totally feel the love from him for, for her. Like, no, she's gonna come back. It's okay. No, no, I, yeah. I believe in her. I know, I know her. She, she'll come back to us. But I also feel like uh, the mother didn't give anybody time to, like, actually, like, feel emotions or question, because she hit the ground running, just like... Immediately. Oh, yeah. Like, so I feel like they were all in shock, and then she kind of, you know, started at like 100%. Of, of course, vice versa to that, too. Um, she didn't give nearly as big of a reaction to the rest of her family uh, as maybe she should have. Unless, of course, like, maybe she doesn't feel like she has to, because, like, let's say time moved differently for her. Uh, and maybe she didn't feel like she was as she was gone as long as well, she I, really I look was. at it this way because they they show us that she's able to observe everything that's going on, so she's aware of everything. But at the yeah. same time, you know, there's a really interesting thing they could have touched on there, where it's like, okay, I can see my family growing up without me, but I can never touch them. I can never give them advice. I'm never there to to hug them after they've had a bad day. This, that, and the other thing. That would have been a great thing to touch on for a second. Like, oh my god, I've been... its It's been a kind of torture not being able to interact with my family. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, the only time they ever got kind of close to that motif was when she did see what was going to happen to them in the future. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why she hit the ground running. Yeah. She's like, I have to prevent that. I cannot lose my son. You know, yeah. even if it was like, you know, for the brief moment, she didn't, you know, really show her love like maybe we would have expected i really think it was just that glimpse into the future that just frightened her so much and made her want to just go to be fair that that makes perfect sense the the protection overriding everything like before i have a chance to hug them i got to make sure i've got the ability to and make sure that the the earth doesn't get destroyed yeah i feel like that's that's also the scientific side of her like she's very you know logical it's like well we got to get this stuff done and yep. I'm the only one who can do it, so let's get to work, and we will have, you know, we'll talk about this over dinner later. 
kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. And I so wish we got more time with her. She was definitely, Me like, too. such an interesting character. Like, I gladly would have traded two of Mitsurugi's episodes for two more episodes of The Mom. That would have been totally. amazing. That would have been perfect. <laughs> what would have been great is if we had her return and also have um, that police lady who, like, looked over them as kids. Oh, I feel yeah. like both of them oh. in the same scene would have been great. Oh, man, I forgot about her. I really her. liked her. And then she just left because that's what she does, apparently. That's the nature of her character. Um, but Yeah, you're right. She's a nomad. Gotta go where the wind blows, you know what I mean? So what would you guys say is your favorite moment in Rue? Oh, that's kind of tough. I was going to say, I think the moment that hit me the most was uh, Mitsurugi's death and, like, the conversation between her and Asahi. Even though she didn't get that much of a character development, friendship one-sided, stuff we talked about, I still was like, holy crap, this is a very emotional scene. I feel a lot of feelings right now. Mm -hmm. It was well acted in everything between the both of them. I was just only a little disappointed that, like, Asahi didn't do something else after that. Like, they build Asahi up, like, after the the episode after Mitsurugi dies. And they build her up like she's got to help the brothers and blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay. Is she going to be that ultra woman that we keep seeing in the movie? Like, is she going to mm-hmm. change into ultra woman or whatever? I forgot what uh, the actual name is, but I was like, okay, is this going to happen? Oh, no, she's a crystal. Oh, okay. <laughs> She should have been, though. She should have been. She should have been that old. Like, that would have been the great, that would have been the best time for her to become ultra woman. Grigio would have been right there. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what I was really hoping for. That's where I was like, that that would have been the creme de la creme of, like, good storytelling, but whatever. I think in general, my favorite moments had to include Aizen. Um, maybe even <laughs> during his moments where he's seemingly trying to both coach the the brothers and stop them from doing what they're doing at the same time. Um, Just listening to him prattle on about what his ideals of Ultraman are were just the most... Like the first episode when he became Orb Dark, that whole thing. Yeah, all of of that, quite frankly, uh, made me think, I mean, yes, dude, you're not wrong. That is traditionally what you're describing. You're describing what a traditional Ultraman is. Um, so you're not totally wrong, except you're wrong in that it has to always 100% hardline be that way. It's like, he was just so fascinating to me in that regard. It, it wasn't so much a speech or anything like that. What I really enjoyed was, like, those first four episodes when they, they're first discovering what their powers are, and mm-hmm. really all the slapstick that you see when they're Ultraman. Like, they're... They're smashing a, a, a tree over Grigio's head and then it doesn't work. Oh, I love it. Or they're bumping <laughs> into each other or they're tripping over things or they're trying to pick stuff up that they've knocked over. Move, like, picking up that car very gingerly and then gently Sending it, it on its way. I love that. And they did oh that at the end, God. too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they did. Second to last episode or something like that where they, he, he takes the... It was, it was something on top of the car, right? And he takes it off. And then puts it on the right track, and then it honks at him, and then he waves at it. And he waves at it. Yeah. That's the best part. Like, that's actually the thing that endeared me more, because, you know, I'm, I'm a sucker for a great fight. But it's the yeah. fact that they were able to use that and be like, no, naturally, I want to I wanna try and pick stuff up. Oh, I didn't mean to knock that over. My bad. Sorry. Yeah. 
Here you go. <laughs> Have a nice day. That that's the part that I really I think endeared me to this series. Yeah. Um for me it's so hard to say there's a lot of good moments in this. Um most of them have to do with Asami and Katsumi, especially when they're like feuding and, you know, they have different ideals and they sort of come to an understanding. And I think there was one towards the end where they were fighting and they had to come to the realization that we're not Ultraman. First, we are, you know, the Minato brothers and we're going to save our family. We're going to save the world. Then we're Ultraman. I don't know. That was really powerful because I mean, you can say, you know, oh, you know, we're Ultraman and we, you know, believe in truth and justice and all that stuff. But for them, it was more personal. They have a family here. They have a life here. They they want to save these people. They want to save the world. And they're going to do that first as, you know, members of their family first before they're members, they're Ultraman. Mm-hmm. That, see, that was really interesting because I feel like in the other Ultraman series, the more recent ones, it's always been like you're an Ultraman first. Like they mm-hmm. really focus on them embracing their Ultraman powers and being yeah. Ultraman. But this was definitely a departure and like, okay, we're, we are the family. We are brothers. We need to protect them first yeah then be ultraman second what i like about that is you see the growth from that because that's like midway through the series when they're fighting i I think it's saki that they're fighting when they do that and they're like no we're brothers first and then we're ultraman showing family first and then by the end you see them arguing with their dad no we're ultraman we need to save everybody and all the other families Mm, like they grew into the role right uh another moment that was really good was when Asahi actually finds out about the brothers being Ultraman and they have that like scene in the uh, in the hospital where they're about to go and fight and she's like just worried sick about them and they have to like sort of reassure them that this we have to do this this is the power that's given to us and you know we have to do this but like I don't know that whole exchange between them was really touching to me yeah it was the same sort of like grid man sentiment of there's a thing that only I can do Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. except it's for both of them there's a thing only we can do to protect the city right yeah yeah so overall what did, what did you guys think of of this uh show and what do you think about it compared to like the most recent shows i thought you know what they really did really like unique things with rube and i thought that's what made the show shine so much it was mm-hmm. so good like i i really enjoyed watching each episode and just seeing the new things that they would do you know the dynamic between the brothers being something different watching them interact with the environment in really hilarious ways was always something i looked forward to so this is this was definitely a really good season i had about a 75 percent enjoyment uh, out of a hundred percent enjoyment which is not by any means bad you know um i yeah. would say even when stuff didn't make sense i was enjoying that mm. this series um i wish towards the end it didn't feel like they had kind of kept themselves running in place for so long that by the end it didn't feel like they had enough time to deal with the things that i knew they they could deal with um it just it did not get done quickly enough uh despite that absolutely the relationship between the brothers was 
so good, you know, um, watching them butt heads, but still love each other and then be able to, to get the job done when it really needed to get done, um, have arguments with each other during fights, but then um, realize real fast, no, nope, we need to not be doing that. We need to be on the same page as each other. Um, that, that was super endearing. I think in comparison to other series, I would definitely recommend at least the first 12 episodes or so. I I feel like other series like Jeed, like Orb, had much more uh, compelling end bosses because, like, we were warned about Lugosite so much from Saki, and then by the time it showed up, it just it didn't have a personality. It didn't feel like enough of a threat for me to feel like it was worth it. But Yeah, that's a good point. But focusing on, you know, like you're saying, the, the characters are really what you watch the show for. And, mm-hmm. you know, seeing the relationship between Isami and Katsumi, uh, between their dad, when their mom shows up, seeing the family unit come back together uh, definitely is worth it. Aizen alone is worth watching those first 12 episodes. <laughs> yeah, for hands sure. Hands down. Um, I like the gimmick. I like the toy. I will probably try to get a resale uh, Rube Gyro because they should be cheap now that it's over. But yeah, I would I would still recommend it. Like, I if you're thinking about doing something like Orb or Jeed, I would say check those out first. Uh, but there's definitely some merit here to Rube. I want Aizen merch. <laughs> Aizen is so cool. <laughs> um, I I want to say that I I'll say I'm the same way as uh as you, Kaylin. Like it's it's I would say say about seventy seventy five percent. I enjoyed it as well. Mm-hmm. Um. I never was really bored with the show. It's no. just I was confused at parts of it. <laughs> but I loved it from the beginning. Like I lo- I loved the the characters. I think the actors for the most part were all really good. I loved the dynamic between Isami and uh and Katsumi. Um I like their I like that they quarrel like during fights like you said Josh. They react to things like brothers would. Mm-hmm. Like when they do something cool they're like holy crap did you see that? And then another one has to tell them like no the Let's focus for a little bit here. There's a monster right there. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of good comedy in this in the show. Um, I love the father as well. He was like one of my favorite characters. He was just so entertaining. He ignited oh, a space a war with his t-shirts. That yeah. was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> what a good old dopey dad. He didn't do anything yeah. wrong except for asking his daughter, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Not a, nobody's perfect. <laughs> yeah. um, I did like that he was the last one to find out, and he was freaking out. I was like, wait, 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 why am I the last one to find out? Did you find? Did you know about this? I saw it. And she's like, yeah. It's like, what? Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> like, see, he just—he's the last one to know. But at the end of the day, he—he—he he, he also ran into the fire to like save his daughter, even mm-hmm. though he didn't know who she was. He went and saved her while well, he attempted to save her from that bomb in that one episode. Oh yeah, oh, it wasn't yeah. even her that time. Hmm? Oh, the the one time he got set up d- during the the shirt episode when they were trying yeah. to make a news story around him, it wasn't even really her. He finds out it's not really yeah. her, and he still tries to save her. Yeah, he's a good dad. Yes, yeah. that's a good dad. <laughs> and es- especially compared to like a lot of common writer dads, if you got to choose, choose an Ultraman dad. <laughs> yeah, I'll take him over. Belial doesn't the count. Writer dads. Yeah. yeah. Well, would you take any Ultraman dad? Because technically, Belial is. A yeah, I, I just said dude. Belial doesn't count. Belial doesn't count. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. Doesn't okay. count. Doesn't count. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I enjoyed the hell out of the show. I think I still like Orb better than this yeah. show. 
but I think it's definitely better than like uh, X or Ginga or Jeed. Um, I think it's worth a watch. I think it's there's enough there to like just anybody to have something to enjoy. I definitely yeah. thought it was better than than X. Yeah, for sure. Mm. I still really like X. I like I don't dislike X, but I thought this was better than X. I like X. X just has some problems. I just feel like it dragged on so it much. Did. But I I still love X. I can say that about G too, but Yeah. I, I can say from a design <laughs> aspect, I really liked X, you know, and all the armors and things like that. But here I can understand appreciating the simplicity of it's just mm-hmm. a color swap whenever they used a different crystal. You know, going to the yeah. to the the wind form or the, the ground form. I'm still not sure why they use elements and associate that with Ultraman when they don't, they weren't established that way. Mm, like yeah. nobody said that Gingo was, uh, was it water? He was, he yeah, was water, right? He was yeah. water, yep. But that's not really a thing in Gingo, so I don't know where that came from. Yeah, that was definitely kind of just made up in yeah. some ways. Yeah. Unless it has to do something like maybe there was kanji and ginga somewhere that related I, to I want to say like that there was an the explanation kanji. like that somewhere that it it had something to do with the way you looked at the kanji to be like, okay, here's where you get the water out of ginga. Mm. I think taro was the same way. Like you could get something from fire. Uh, you could get fire from taro somehow. Or he did something that had fire. So like there was very, very unexplained reasons. It but was you know a stretch. What? I kind of liked that compared to the other shows where it was just like throwing out like thousands of Ultraman names and stuff like that. Like I love Orb but that show would be really confusing for some first time watchers because mm-hmm. you're not going to understand like how the cards work and who are these Ultraman and who are these you know, monster. So I liked that Rube didn't like immediately throw you into like trying to kind of understand the Ultraman universe. It just stood on its own. Well, I think yeah, n- not to get ahead of it, but like we, we still don't know who's or what the the next series is going to be necessarily. But I would like to see like I think X was the last one that did it. If we can just have Ultraman again, who are their own Ultraman on their own, and they don't have to require any sort of combination of previous Ultraman, mm-hmm. like, just be an Ultraman mm-hmm. on your own. Like, you have your yeah. own power. I mean, he still relied on the power of the cards, right? Well, yeah, but uh, X on his own was his own entity. He was just in the... Uh, oh, right, right. I see in the, the little phone thing. But he was his own Ultraman. Right. And then you get to Orb, and then he's a combination, Jeet is a combination, and then Ruben, uh, or Rosso and Blue, they're relying on Taro and Ginga's power. Yeah. Right. So, like, n- nothing, no, no shade against them. I thought they were great uh, uh-huh. usages, usages of the power. I just think the next guy should stand on his own. Yeah, he should be his own dude without relying on somebody else. Like, they could, he could rely on somebody else, maybe just not right off the bat. Yeah. I think I think we should be done with with the whole relying on the past. I think, yeah. No more borrowing powers gimmick. No yeah. more. Like I, we look, we're we're gonna run out of you know powers to borrow if we don't have <laughs> like characters who have their own powers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we yeah. gotta start creating new Ultraman that are that have nothing to do with you know powers from like Taro or Leo or whatever. I agree. Hey, I, but I that agree. sells. 
It sells, though. That's the thing. It sells to an older audience, too, that is, like, I'm sure that's why Aizen existed in the first place. Because there's these older fans out there that, you know, we keep introducing... uh, Ultraman notably keeps reintroducing the same old monsters, and so there's people who are are psyched to see their same old favorite monsters show back up again. Um, So why not reintroduce some of the same old Ultraman that these old heads... Uh, keep. I mean, you know, they I'm got not going to lie. I was happy in this series in Rube when I saw Gamora show back up. Yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. And King Joe, like that was great. Mm-hmm. Like, I, oh snap! Uh, Darling turned into King Joe. Like I didn't see that coming, and yet I felt oh, like I should have yeah. seen that coming. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. was so good, though. So yeah, I absolutely, I absolutely see why it is that they've yeah. made the decision to. Um, keep pimping out the old Ultra's powers. Um, but I totally agree. I would like to see uh, a new Ultra stand on its own without needing to borrow previous Ultra's powers. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love, you know, the old monsters, I, w- I also love it when they make new monsters. So it'd be cool to mm-hmm. have, like, you know, more new, interesting monsters. And even if they kind of revamp the older monsters, like, I really loved... Um freaking skull gamora in mm-hmm. Jean. i was like that's beautiful just yeah. absolutely beautiful so if they do more stuff like that the thing i liked about this series was the different forms of grigio you know uh grigio king grigio bone like all those different types it's like okay mm-hmm. i see the evolution it's not exactly the same monster each time there's a power up oh yeah. by the way what is grigio okay so i had to look this up before <laughs> we did this grigio is both the name of Saki Mitsurugi, it's her real name. She just assumed the name Saki Mitsurugi in human form. But uh, the monster just happens to have the same name as she does. She's not the monster. She transforms into a monster that she presumably was named after. What a huge presumption that the audience has to make. Like I, I had to look it up uh, on the wiki before we started this, because that was confusing me at the end of, my real name is Grigio. You're telling us this now? Like, because we've been yeah. seeing Grigio fight since episode one, so you have, you're the monster? No. I just happen to have the same name as the monster. Well, that's sure convenient. <laughs> Why didn't you tell Why? me? I'm not telling you. You're actually reading this off the wiki. <laughs> and that's oh, how geez. that happened. So then Asahi names herself after Saki's real name? Basically, that's the way, because, uh, since they were siblings, uh, Rosso, Blue, and Grigio, when they transform into Ultraman, they're just using those names. So Katsumi becomes Rosso, uh, Isami becomes Blue, and so naturally following that line, Asahi becomes Grigio. That's super convoluted and not well explained in the show at all. <laughs> nah, yeah. yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you could have just called them Red, Blue, and Sunny D. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sunny <D. laughs> Oh man. And then like I just realized we didn't really talk about Darling at all. Yeah. I mean, she's just a robot though. She's kinda cute. Very cute. They do turn her into King Joe. I thought that was pretty funny. But I just thought th- I-, I love the whole concept that she's basically just like Alexa, send out a monster. <laughs> <laughs> And then she 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 cooperates with anybody who interacts with her. Like, yeah, she was you know taking orders from Saki, but at the same time, 
she was sort of cooperating with uh, Mio, but she wouldn't give the password. <laughs> it's not like she didn't want to necessarily. It's just like, well, you don't know it. And it's like, you don't know this, it. This is a pain. That's the password. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there were a lot of good moments with her in it. Is there anything that we've, uh, you think that we've skipped or missed or haven't discussed? No, now I think that's everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think we did pretty well covering just about everything. We could just talk <laughs> well, a whole bunch about just baseball. The only the only other thing that I would co- talk about is the opening, the the song. Really the opening and the closing, you know, both of them are uh I thought the opening was very catchy, um and I think the closing is very like, ah, oh, this feels like it's this is what home feels like. Yeah. This is oh, comfortable, yeah. you know? Well, I thought was, you remember when we were watching SSSS Gridman, you could hear the, the ending thing to Rube there in the background. Yeah. In yeah. one episode. Yeah. Wait, Playing what? in like what? a knockoff 7 Eleven. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's in one How of the scenes that? where, um, oh, I forget the friend's name, the one with the glasses there in Gridman, he's talking to Akane about kaiju and you hear it in the background no no it, it's in Seven Eleven, and he's talking to um our main character dude who becomes oh okay it's it's happening Are you inside, sure it wasn't akane it, it, no it was inside okay. the convenience store and in any apparently it came up twice uh but also uh the person who did the vocals for the opening of SSSS Gridman is the vocalist for the opening of Rube. Wow. What? I would have never known. Super meta. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. It's like they planned this all along. No. It's like Subaraya had something to do with both of them. Good old Subaraya. <laughs> Say what? I, I just thought it was... Like, not to be a jerk or anything, I just thought it was kind of cute and funny... That at the beginning of each episode, you know, you hear the opening, but they made it sound like, you know, they're saying the name of the show and telling you to go do something. But Kaylin and I, we always took it as like somebody there at Subaraya named their dog Rube and they were trying to give him orders. <laughs> Rube, Rube, go fighting. Go to the Shining. Rube, go to the Shining. Go to <laughs> go the Shining. Jumping. Go jumping. <laughs> Rube, we talked about this. Rube, oh not on the carpet. Oh. Alrighty, I guess that is that is a review of Rube. Yay! Yay. Go jumping. Go, jump. Go jumping. <laughs> Go jump at Rube. Uh, well, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for uh, hosting with me, and we shall see you guys next time. Bye. 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 The Tokunet Podcast is the official podcast of the Tokusatsu Network, your best resource for official tokusatsu news and media. If you like our podcast, please rate and review us on your favorite podcasting platforms such as iTunes or Stitcher. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the tokunet, where if you're at the writer tier level or higher, you can get early access to episodes and more. Team Tokunet will always be online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and of course our website, tokusatsunetwork.com. 